0: Season 4 of LitCentric Radio is sponsored by Book Taco, an online program for managing independent reading in grades K 8. Book Taco has an impressive set of quizzes for assessing reading comprehension of some of the best chapter books and picture books on the market, including those featured here on LitCentric Radio. I'll tell you more about it later on in the episode. Hey, welcome back to LitCentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. Welcome to season four of LitCentric Radio. I'm so excited. I have so many great books to share with you this season, and of course, many new bridge charts to bring the learning all together. And I'm really happy to share with you that LitCentric Radio has its first sponsor, Book Taco. You'll be hearing all about this online resource throughout season four, and I encourage you to go to booktaco.com and check it out for yourself right now. Now, there's something else I'm really excited about. I can't even really begin to tell you how excited I am about this. I got some amazing news yesterday in my email inbox. So how often do you actually get really good news in your inbox, right? So yesterday, I heard from the International Literacy Association And I found out that I am going to be presenting at ILA 2020 in the fall. I'm so incredibly excited. It's a dream come true. I remember attending my first International Literacy Association conference. It was 20 years ago. Oh my gosh, I'm old. (laughs) That was back when it was International Reading Association. So that's how old I am. Um, but I am thrilled. I applied several months ago and it's always a real long shot. So many people apply and don't get accepted and so this is a really huge accomplishment um, and I really hope I live up to uh, the standards that they set for their presenters. I'm really excited. I'm going to be doing an open session there in October. Uh, It's in Columbus, Ohio this year for 2020 and my session is called Better Outcomes with Bridge Charts, Say No to Pinterest Perfection and Yes to a Research-Based Alternative for Charting Your Literacy Lessons. Any of that sound familiar? Because it should. Uh, Those bridge charts that we've been talking about every week here on Let's Centric Radio are now going to be officially presented along with my doctoral research at ILA 2020. So I'm thrilled to be doing that. I can't wait. I love presenting at big conferences. You meet so many interesting people. And this one in particular, since it's international, I hope that any of you who are listeners of LitCentric Radio or have ever downloaded anything from LitCentric.com, if you're in Columbus, Ohio in October, please come find me. I'd love to take pictures with you and talk with you and hear uh, some great suggestions that you have for the show. I can't wait to share today's book with you. It's one that some of you probably have heard of before, but maybe not everyone. And with the book today, we have a really engaging task we're going to do with students uh, to create their bridge chart. And we're going to be looking at sequencing with an eye on keying and on the most important events. And there's a couple of ways that we're going to teach students to do that. Uh, Not only do students have to sequence when they're recalling something, but they also have to sequence when they're summarizing. And key to summarizing is determining what events or what, you know, parts of the text were the most important. And that's the area where students actually most often struggle. The sequencing, once they get that, they can do it. But determining importance, much harder skill. So we're going to actually do kind of a precursor to that today and help students along in that process. And we're going to be using the text, Me, Jane. Now I love Me, Jane. I remember one of my writing project friends uh, sharing it with me many years ago, and it's a fabulous book by Patrick McConnell. And he's written several darling little books and his illustrations are just as darling. And I love it because, I mean, who doesn't love Dr. Jane Goodall? That's who it's about. Me, Jane, is Dr. Jane Goodall. She's such an inspiring researcher and has had an incredible impact on our planet with people and animals and the environment. And the text takes us back to her childhood interests as a foundation for her lifelong pursuits. And with that in mind, I like to use it for sequencing, specifically a timeline of important events that highlights Dr. Goodall's impact and her accomplishments. And uh, I just found out recently, she's gonna be in California later this month, March, 2020. She's actually gonna be here speaking at several universities. She has a big tour going on, uh, speaking about her work over the past 60 years, working as a humanitarian, environmentalist, primatologist. I mean, the woman has done everything, everything remarkable you can assign that to Dr. Jane Goodall. So that's really exciting. I want to take a look at that book with you right now. So let's take a look at today's text, Me, Jane. Jane had a stuffed toy chimpanzee named Jubilee. She cherished Jubilee and took him everywhere she went. And Jane loved to be outside. She watched birds making their nests, spiders spinning their webs, and squirrels chasing one another up and down trees. Jane learned all that she could about the animals and plants she studied in her backyard and read about in books. Now these next two pages uh, show examples of the Alligator Society, which we find out later was a little society that... um, Jane actually created as a child. And there's all these beautiful illustrations and diagrams and paintings um, and other work here, other information that she created as a child. So these are authentic pieces that came from her childhood. One day, curious Jane wondered where eggs came from. So she and Jubilee snuck into Grandma Nut's chicken coop, hid behind some straw, stayed very still, and observed the miracle. Book Taco makes checking in on student reading comprehension easy to implement in even the busiest classroom. They have a collection of over 30,000 quizzes and the number keeps going up. After your students finish a favorite book, they can easily log on to Book Taco and take a multiple choice quiz That questions them on everything from characters and plot to main idea and details to author's craft and more. The quizzes are really straightforward so even the youngest reader can do them independently. There's a button students can click to have the questions and answer choices read aloud to them. With other programs I remember having to read the questions to my students while they took their quiz which meant that I was using valuable instructional time to assess reading instead of teaching reading and I'm not okay with that. Teachers are the experts who know how to pick meaningful reading goals that are individualized for every student, and they're also the experts who are going to make sure that students are achieving those goals. Book Taco is the online tool that supports teachers by providing you with the data you need to inform your teaching. It's a great resource for keeping readers engaged while you work with students. There are quizzes for just about every book you can think of, including books I share here on Licentric Radio. If you can't find a quiz among the 30,000 plus in BookTaco's collection, don't worry. Teachers always have the option of writing their own quizzes to go along with the books they teach, so you can easily tailor the assessment to the standards you're teaching or the reading goals you set for your students. BookTaco is an online partner for the modern reading teacher. Log on to BookTaco.com and check out the quizzes for yourself. That's BookTaco.com. So this book is lovely on so many levels, and something that I'm particularly excited about is how well this book lends itself to exploring Dr. Goodall's work in a text set. So if you're not familiar with the term text set, it means when we use a collection of different works to explore uh, usually one particular topic, and in this case, Miss um, uh, Goodall or Dr. Goodall herself. And uh, oftentimes with a text set, the power really lies in um, the fact that there are different genres and often also different reading levels associated uh, with the text in that collection. And it's a way for students to explore um, information in lots of different ways, coming from different angles uh, with different uh, perspectives and points of view. And uh, also, it's important to know that text sets often include multimedia texts, so uh, websites videos, audio recordings, all sorts of different things can go along in a tech set, not just a book or an article. So we're actually going to use a tech set today. Building off of me, Jane, uh, we're going to actually encourage students, of course, along with you, their teacher, to explore janegoodall.org which is Dr. Goodall's uh, website, and on that website, there is so much information about her work over the years, as well as current things that she's doing. It's actually pretty um, pretty focused on present day, for the most part, because her work is really far-reaching. She's got the Jane Goodall Institute and so many different kind of arms of that work, everything from, you know, funding scholarships to send girls to school, to, you um, you know, her Roots and Shoots program that involves um, the youth of the world, it's spread across a 100 countries now, helping kids to learn about conservation and understanding the positive impact that they can have on the planet, even with, you know, small things like, you know, recycling and things like that. So there are so many things um, going beyond even just the work that continues with chimpanzee and other primates. Um, to explore on that website. I really encourage you to do that and actually in order to do this bridge chart with your students you're going to have to actually go to that website because we're going to be using uh, several pieces of information uh, from that site to help us build this timeline. Now timelines are uh, actually a particular type of feature that you see in a lot of nonfiction texts and students have probably come across these in their textbooks maybe even on websites. Dr. Goodall's website, janegoodall.org, actually has a timeline in it, which will be very valuable to us for this project. Um, And you will often see timelines like this in biographies. And uh, there's some features to a timeline that I'd like students to know. And I actually think they're of course important for teachers to know or us to be reminded of, because sometimes we take some of these things for granted and we don't point them out necessarily directly to students. And I think we should point them out directly to them. Um, it's important that students be able to understand the components of a genre, but it's actually even more important that they experience that genre and help co-construct within that genre um, to move that learning forward. So the features of a timeline that I would help articulate to students is that there are uh, special dates and important events that we're going to be highlighting about usually a particular person or a group of people or maybe one larger event like you know, a war or something like that that would have lots of key events in it. Uh, those events often have brief descriptions to them and they include images, sometimes illustrations, sometimes photographs, and it's important that they know that those events are sequenced. And in this case, for our timeline, because it's a biographical timeline, we're going to start at her birth and continue on to present day. In some timelines, if it were a biographical one where the person had already passed away, then you would likely end um, at uh, their passing. So here, uh, I'm gonna reinforce a few things for kids. And there are some options that you have with this bridge chart today. If you purchase um, access to letcentric Centric Radio Growing Bundle of Lessons, of course, the photograph will be there of the example timeline that I provide. and um, But that's not necessarily the only way you can do this and i want to make sure that uh, you understand as a teacher depending on the age level of your students uh, their experience with this type of genre and the type of support they might need particularly with determining importance you're going to have to make decisions about which events you want to include and how many to include because the more you include the more difficult the task is going to be but either way no matter how many you decide to keep in there based on what's appropriate for your students Um, I think this is a really important uh, bridge chart to build because students I think really need our support quite a bit for quite a while uh, really at any age to get good at determining importance. So our timeline is going to be built left to right. You can also build timelines top to top to bottom which is actually how the timeline looks on Jane Goodall's uh, website which makes sense because we read websites often from top to bottom and we can't go left to right very far uh, unless there's kind of a multimedia component because uh, our screens don't work that way so we do have limitations on how we uh, make those decisions and you can do yours left or right or top down however you like to do it and uh, we want to make sure that we include text and photos and much of the text and photos we'll use can be pulled directly off of the JaneGoodall.org website. There's a timeline in there under the about me section or about section and uh, you can choose uh, which of those components or, um, or events that you'd like to include and I'll share with you the ones that I chose to use for the timeline bridge trip uh, that we're going to talk about today. Now sometimes with a timeline uh, we draw it out and we start you know at the beginning and we move along you know, until the ending point. But here, we're actually going to use a little bit different structure. I wanna reinforce with students, not only that there's a sequence, but that, uh, remember, we're determining importance here. In order to do that, we need to understand a bit about who Dr. Goodall is today and how her work kind of has changed um, from when she started or when she was born into the type of things that she's engaged in now. And so instead of starting at birth and then moving forward, we will start at birth, but then we jump all the way to today. And uh, I like to have the events printed out either on different slips of paper, or you can put them on sticky notes, or just you know handwrite them or something on different cards, because I want students to be able to quickly and easily put these in order, move them around, decide how they get grouped, and also determine uh, maybe which ones can be combined or which ones can be eliminated and you will help your students also make those decisions. Now, the reason we put where she is today is because that's gonna focus um, the conversation that we have around how we determine which events to keep, uh, because we wanna make sure the events that are included really show kind of a direct path towards her work today. We don't necessarily want every little bit of her life or every detail we've ever heard about her Uh, because some of those things don't tie in maybe as closely with the work she does today. So that's going to help us uh, teach students how to eliminate things a little bit. You know how kids read or write uh, informational text. And all of a sudden, every single detail is equally as important as all the other details, which we know really isn't true. And good writing, of course, would not be designed that way. And it's hard for kids to leave things out because to them, everything does feel equally important. So an exercise like this and helping students work through that with giving them a focus on how her work has been shaped today, that helps us kind of give some criteria around those decisions we're going to make. So once you've got some items printed from janegoodall.org on her timeline, as well as the informational article in the back of Me, Jane, and even perhaps um, some of the information from the letter that she wrote or the message in the book, you wanna combine all that information with text sets and. go ahead and write out the events that you want students to uh, work on. Now that also means maybe there's some events in there that maybe aren't as critical to include because we want students to have the experience of actually eliminating some of those. If everything's important and included, then they don't get that experience of having to make that determination. So on the timeline that I would build with students, it would uh, look something like this where we start where she's born on April 3rd 1934 and in 1944 by age 10 she uh, that's when she dreams of actually living in Africa so she was a young girl as the book depicts but as we know in the book he doesn't give specific uh, dates and times and things so that's information that we can pull from elsewhere on the internet. Then by 1960 Jane arrives in Tanzania and she is already um, a primatologist at this point, and she's there to specifically study chimps. And the same year, she makes two groundbreaking discoveries. One of them is that chimpanzees eat meat, because prior to that, a uh, scientist believed that they were strictly vegetarian. And so she actually made the discovery through her close observations of them in the wild, that they in fact do eat meat. And also later that year, she made what some scientists believe is one of the most critical discoveries of the 20th century, which is that chimpanzees, in fact, use tools. And prior to that, uh, scientists believe that only humans use tools. And it was literally Dr. Jane Goodall who made that observational discovery and really kind of rocked the scientific community. What's interesting about those three events there, her arrival and those two discoveries, is uh, at least as far as our timeline goes, They all occurred in the year 1960. Now, can you imagine she's only 26 years old? She arrives to Africa to live amongst chimpanzees for the very first time, and in that same year makes two incredibly significant scientific discoveries. She's just an incredibly remarkable, remarkable researcher and human. Uh, As far as this timeline goes, since all of these things occurred in the year 1960, students have to determine uh, the sequence within those events, and I'd probably show them how you could stack those events top to bottom. Remember, this timeline runs left to right, so within that, when I plot those on the timeline, I can stack those top to bottom and label the entire collection as 1960. So that's an important thing for students to understand is how sometimes it works that way in a timeline. Then in 1963, she's featured in an article and on the cover of National Geographic. And two years later in 65, National Geographic does a film about her work. And those two events are incredibly important because they catapult her work into, uh, you know, the lives of everyday people around the world. And so it really puts a spotlight on her discoveries and the importance of her work and also the conservation efforts that she's going to build on later. By 1977, she founds the Jane Goodall Institute, and that's really what the Janegoodall.org website is all about, and I encourage you to explore that with students to really understand all the pieces of that institute. Then by 1991, There's actually a great uh, mini article in uh, the website about the Roots and Shoots program and how that began by her talking directly with uh, some young people. And later that year or that same year, she also founds the sanctuary that helps to uh, take care of primates. By 2004, she becomes a UN messenger of peace. And then we finally come to today where now she speaks around the world about all these different uh, issues concerning um, global conservation and uh, the role that people can play in those efforts. Now that's a pretty big uh, task for us to do as students. And this is why the preparation you do ahead of time is gonna be really important. You wanna make sure on those three by five cards or sticky notes or at least sheets of paper, that uh, you have these things written out for students so that their task is really to help make sense of how a timeline works, decide what needs to be combined, what needs to be eliminated, and then to sequence those events. And beyond that, if you choose to uh, read additional texts or watch videos or even find information on social media, which you will find about uh, Dr. Goodall, it might be great to actually add additional information or at least description to this timeline if uh, students want to continue researching her and you can support those efforts. It could could be a very rich bridge chart by the time you're done and one you can definitely build on over time uh, with students to uh, to create something really special. All right, I hope you enjoyed me, Jane, and this idea of all the things you can do with a darling little book like that, all the places you can go with it. And I think your students will be very intrigued by Dr. Goodall and her work. Um, especially because there's so much written about her and filmed about her uh, that they can really explore it on so many different levels. And I think they'll be quite intrigued. So for those of you who are already lit-centric insiders, the lesson that goes along uh, with me, Jane, is already in your inbox, or at least it'll be arriving there later today. And if you're not already a lit-centric insider, You can join anytime because every once in a while, I'll give out free lessons and other goodies only to Litcentric Insiders. To join, you'll need to go to litcentric.com, and there on the homepage, if you scroll about halfway down, there's a big button there to say become a Litcentric Insider. Click there, and I'll ask for your email address, and I promise I will not smother your inbox. Uh, But at least every week, I generally send a reminder about the latest episode, and if there's any additional uh, information or videos I create or other resources to share, that's where I do that. Also, if you're not following Litcentric on social media yet, you need to be. So I'm at uh, Litcentric everywhere you look. That includes Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. And of course, we also have a LitCentric YouTube channel. And there's a great collection of nine different videos there all about running record codes and how to do them properly so that you're making sure that you're being very accurate listening to students. Of course, those are all free and they're available there right now. Thank you for listening to episode 37, our very first episode in season four. And we'll see you next time. Have a great day at school.